This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. In our last discussions regarding Emunah and Bitachon, we introduced this topic by defining what exactly Emunah and Bitachon are. Rav Pincus Zatzal introduced us to a novel idea of exactly how to understand these two tiers. Emunah is meant to be understood as a knowledge, an awareness that Hashem both created the world and that He intervenes in the world. It's a knowledge and it's an awareness, it's a recognition, it's an acknowledgement that HaKadosh Baruch Hu plays a role in our lives. However, Bitachon is the next level. And Bitachon isn't just about knowledge, it's not just about awareness, it's about a tangible reality. It's about a feeling that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in our life day in, day out. It's about understanding and realizing that when we daven and we stand before Hashem, He's actually there. He's listening to our tefillos and hopefully will yield the results that we're looking for. We discussed Chana and how Chana demonstrates this very recognition. And though she discusses and she converses with Hashem in a way in which we may not be comfortable doing, it demonstrated and highlighted the type of relationship she had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in which she felt HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally standing before her, feeling that tangible presence in her life. We mentioned the person who is my shul, who cried out to Hashem, pouring his heart and soul into his tefillah, feeling as though Hashem is in his life, standing before him, resting his head on, his, on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's shoulder, and ultimately yielded the result of having a grandchild. We mentioned in the past that although we hope and pray that each one of the things that we daven for will ultimately yield the result we are looking for, that doesn't, isn't always the case. We discussed Avram Avinu and how Avram Avinu had to daven for Sodom and Amorah even though it didn't result in what he was looking for, but because HaKadosh Baruch Hu felt that he couldn't conceal it from Avram. After all, Avram was going to be the father of a great nation and those tefillos would need to be banked and accessed later on by his descendants. And so we came to a conclusion that bitachon means we have to work and we have to put effort forth in order to feel Hashem's presence in our lives. We have to imagine and see Hashem standing before us. We have to feel that tangible reality, as Rav Pincus describes, of Hashem standing before us, walking us through each one of the challenges and obstacles that we have to confront in our lives. And so now we're left with the question of why it's so difficult. What is stopping us? What makes it so difficult that we can't see, we can't feel Hashem's tangible reality, that presence of Him in our lives? And so today we're going to discuss one of those possible obstacles, one of those impediments that is preventing us from feeling that tangible reality, from being able to achieve and to ascertain that level of bitachon that Rav Pincus describes. And so I'd like to begin with a story that Rav Pincus illustrates as to what exactly this obstacle, why it's so difficult for us to be able to feel that bitachon, to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's literal physical presence in our lives. And he explains with the following story that's going to shake us a little bit. And he says, you know, a person uh, starts to daven in the morning and he realizes halfway through his davening that he needs to make a major uh, contribution to a business. He had made a commitment. He has to write a $10,000 check to a debtor that he owes and he doesn't know where that $10,000 is going to come from. And so he goes through his davening and he says all the words, but he's constantly anxious, worrying about how am I going to come up with that type of money? He gets to the, the Shemona Esrei and he realizes he says Hashem creates everything. Hashem is capable of doing that which he desires, so to speak. And he knows in his mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can manufacture. He knows in his mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do whatever it is he chooses to do. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to come up with that money, he'll get the $10,000. And yet, every time it 
seeps back into his head. He's gnawed at by this concern, by this anxiety. How am I going to come up with this $10,000? Until he finally finishes his Shemona Esrei and he sees his wealthy cousin walk into the shul. And he says, great, I've now found the person who's going to help me out. And he walks over to his cousin after davening and he says to his cousin, can you help me out? Can you lend me $10,000 so I can make this contribution to this hedge fund, so I can make this contribution to this investment that I've needed to uh, make good on? I made this commitment. I guaranteed I'd come up with the money and I really need this money right now. Can you help me out? And sure enough, the cousin has no problem. He knows that he's good for it. He writes him out a $10,000 check on the spot and this person's concerns have been allayed. He's now able to make the contribution. Rav Pinka says, I don't understand. He just stood before Hashem. He just dove into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He prayed that Hashem would help him. He should have all the confidence in the world that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was going to provide for him. And yet that wasn't enough to allay his fears. He was so anxious. He was so nervous. He went through an entire davening and nothing could stop that anxiety from creeping up within him. All of a sudden, he sees a bus of a dumb. He sees a human being in flesh and blood, happens to be a person of resources, and he can go over to the person, he asks the person for the money, and all of a sudden, his fears are allayed. How could it be? That's a human being who has no control over anything. And yet that is a going to allay his fears when HaKadosh Baruch Hu he davens to, who's in control of everything, and that doesn't uh, reduce the concern and anxiety. And Rav Pinkus says, that's the problem. The problem is, is that we view this person, this best friend, this cousin, the person who you can rely on as so much more tangible than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control of everything. We say it in the Rosh Hashanah Davi, right? All the different uh, statements in our davening, of which HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we recognize that he's the one who is in control. And yet for some reason, when we have his attention with a capital H, that isn't enough. It's only when we see a human being who we can feel, who we can see, who we can recognize in a tangible way, all of a sudden those anxieties, all those concerns, all the nervousness goes away. It's because we don't realize, we don't feel, we don't see our Kaddish Baruch Hu in our lives in the same way we see a human being. We don't have that tangible reality. We don't realize and feel a tangible presence of our Kaddish Baruch Hu in our lives. And so Rav Pincus asks, what's stopping us? What's preventing us to get to that level? Why can't we be people who can realize that Hashem plays such an active role, a role in which it controls the destiny and our, and our fate in our lives? Why is it so difficult? What is stopping us? And so we have to ask ourselves, what could be the possible impediments to preventing us from recognizing this? So one possible suggestion is, perhaps maybe we don't know enough Torah. Maybe we don't have enough access to Torah. And as a result, perhaps we don't feel Hashem's presence. I always like to tell my students that tefillah is our way of talking to Hashem. And Torah is Hashem's way of talking to us. Maybe we don't have that access. So I will, I will tell you that I was... Recently, uh, at a shir of Herschel Shechter Shlita, and a question was posed to him as to what he feels is the difference between our generation and the previous generation. And it was fascinating to hear that which Rav Shechter had said. He said, you know, there's no question that our generation knows far more Torah than previous generations. The Hamon Am, the majority of people of the previous generations were in the workplace, didn't necessarily have a yeshiva education, certainly didn't have the proficiency in Hebrew, the understanding of Gemara, the ability to break down a Shulchan Aruch and a Magen Avram. There's no question that our generation's uh, magnitude, the amount of people who are learning Torah, the amount of people who have access to Torah, certainly with the internet, is far greater than anything in one or two generations ago had ever had. However, as he became very emotional, as he often does, he then described and said that while maybe true that we have more Torah, 
our generations earlier were greater Yorei Shamayim. And therefore, you have to believe and you have to understand and you have to be willing to accept that while certainly Torah is greater than it's ever been, that can't be the reason alone as to why we do not have the Bitachon. Because after all, our Babas and Zaydas of two or three generations ago who said Sanarad and said Sefer Tehillim every day, they felt HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their lives in a far greater, more tangible way than we did in our lives. And despite the fact that we may have more access to Torah learning, and despite the fact that we may know more Torah than they did, at the end of the day, the relationship they had with Hashem was deeper, more enriching, and more more real than we ever had. So it can't be that it's because we have lack Torah or don't lack Torah because it seems that that isn't necessarily an ingredient or necessarily an element that should serve as a lack or a, a possible ability for us to connect to Hashem. So what could it be? Why is it that we have such a difficult time seeing Hashem? Why are we always worried so much? Why is it that we feel that we need to be in control? Why can't we let go, let God? What's stopping us? I heard a beautiful idea from a mentor of mine Beautiful insight into a, the word in Hebrew for worry. The word in Hebrew for being concerned. And that is the word da'aga. Da'aga, right? Mar benachasa, mar bedaiga, says the Gemara. When you have more assets, you have more uh, possessions, so you're going to have more worries. The word da'aga includes four of the fr- f- four of the first five letters of the Aleph base. Aleph, Gimel, Dalit, and Hey. Da'aga. There's one letter missing of those first Five letters of the Aleph Bays. And that is the letter Bays. And you know why? Because when you have Daiga, when you have worry, when you feel like the world is spinning out of control and you don't know where to turn to, you're missing the letter Bays. You're missing the letter Bays, which starts the word of Bitachon. A person who has real Bitachon, a person who says to himself or herself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the decisions. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who ensures the directives. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who leads us on our journey. And we trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Rebbe Nishon, the master of the world, to take us to the promised land of whatever that would be, to take us to the end result in which he sees us needing to end up at, we'd have no daigas. The problem is that we are so consumed by our worry. We don't have the confidence in Hashem. We don't feel that Hashem is constantly a presence in our lives. We do not feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is leading us on the journey that He wants us to be on. We are worried. We are concern, consumed by that worry. We're missing the letter Bays. We're missing the Bitachon. If we would only feel Hashem's presence in our life in such a real way, like that, that person in Shul, who only once he saw his cousin, did his fears become less concerning, did he ultimately be able to concentrate on what he needed to do? If we'd only feel that same type of confidence, that same reality with Hashem, can you imagine so many of our fears would be dissipating? So many of our fears would no longer exist. We'd be able to operate in a world with so much more confidence, with less worry, with a stronger, deeper relationship with Hashem. And so we're stuck with, why is it that we are so uh, concerned? Why are we so worried? What's holding us back from being able to have a strong, meaningful bitachon? Why can't we feel that our Kaddish Baruch Hu is meaningful in our lives in a tangible way? Why can't we look to Hashem the way we look to our bosses, the way we look to our rabbis? Why can't we feel that the same way we have confidence in those who we look to for guidance and support in general, when it comes to this world, we can look to Hashem three times a day, look for that guidance and support when we dive in, when we connect with Hashem. So what's stopping us? And Rav Pinkus in his Sefer that I've been quoting numerous times already, suggests 
that unfortunately one of the elements that is preventing us from developing a stronger relationship with Hashem is our connection. It's crazy to think about it. And Pincus, the Sefer that came out was a product of many of his shiurim uh, more than 20 years ago as he had passed away 20 years ago. And he talks about the fact that connection and our connection with Hashem seems to be strained. Now it's funny because we live in a world that we feel that we should feel so much connection. We should feel connection with each other because of technology. It's a world that everyone and anyone can be connected with anyone and everyone within a split second. And yet how many people feel disconnected from the world? How many people with all of their friends on social media, with all of their friends in so many different areas, and yet if you ask them, do they feel like they're connected? Do they feel like they have a strong social group? They will tell you they feel lonely. They feel lonely. We live in a world today where there's so many people who feel alone, yet they may have so many quote-unquote friends. They have so many uh, connections. They have so many uh, contacts in their phones. And yet if you ask them, do you feel connected? Do you feel part of big something bigger than yourself? They'll tell you, I feel so alone. Says Repinkus, we feel so alone. We don't feel like we are connected to Hashem. We feel like we are divorced from Him. We feel that we can't go. How, who are we? We've done so many Averos. We've made so many mistakes. How can we beseech Hashem? How can we look and stand before Hashem? How can we feel that Hashem stands before us in a tangible way? If we did, we'd be so frightened. We're undeserving of it. But it's more than that, says Rapinkis. And Rapinkis suggests that the reason why we don't feel connected to Hashem, and this is a little scary, says Rapinkis, the reason why we don't feel connected to Hashem is because Hashem doesn't allow us sometimes to feel connected to Him. Why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu not allow us to feel connected to Him? What, what did we do that would be a, a catalyst, that would serve as an impetus for HaKadosh Baruch Hu making the decision to withdraw Himself, to conceal Himself to some degree, and not allow us to feel connected? And Rav Pincus explains, because a connection, a relationship, is a two-way street. You're only going to feel close to a being or a person when you've put something into that. And then that person or that being is going to reciprocate by demonstrating their desire to want to feel close to you. And so therefore, explains Rapinkis, if you're not doing mitzvos, if you're not investing time and energy, if you're not putting in, you're not going to get much out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you want a relationship with me? You want to develop a strong connection to me? You want to feel me in your lives? So you got to put me in your life. you got to demonstrate. you got to exert energy. you got to put in in order to get out. If you don't do mitzvahs with vibrancy, if you don't do mitzvahs with excitement, if you're not going to put in a lot of effort and energy into the relationship you want to have with me, so Hashem says, I'm not going to put a lot of energy and I'm not going to put a lot of enthusiasm and I'm not going to put a lot of passion into my relationship with you. I quoted my parsha here this past week in the name of many of the Hasidic Shesvarim, the Chidush Arim, the Katzke Rebbe, and the Slana Rebbe, who all say that when the Torah says in this past week's parsha of Bahem that you are to live with the mitzvos, it's meant to be understood. You have to have chios with the mitzvos. You have to have enthusiasm. You have to have passion. You want a Kaddish Baruch Hu to, so to speak, feel passionate about his relationship with you. You've got to demonstrate by feeling passionate about your relationship with him. If you don't put into that relationship, if you're not ensuring that you're a Kovea Itim La Torah, where you're setting a time aside for Torah, where you're doing chesed, you're taking care of his children, where you're doing all the mitzvos, not just a checkbox, not just to fulfill your responsibilities so that you're entitled to receive what 
whatever it is he commits and guarantees to giving you. If you don't do it because you really believe in it and you really feel that that relationship is the utmost importance, it's the number one priority in your lives, well then of course you're not going to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Hashem says, I'm only going to reciprocate that's what you, that which you demonstrate. You're going to demonstrate a level of bitachon. You're going to demonstrate how important this relationship is to you. I'm going to make sure you feel my presence in your lives. You're not going to do that. I'm going to make sure you don't feel my presence in your life. That is, suggests Rapinkus, a major obstacle as to why we don't have bitachon, as to why we have daigo without the letter bays. You're going to constantly worry because you believe you're in control. You're going to constantly be concerned because you believe you're the one making the decisions. If you don't start to take a step back and realize, I need to concentrate on my relationship with Hashem. I need to prioritize my relationship with Hashem as my number one priority. I need to demonstrate and model that for my children and my grandchildren. Then you're going to continue to live a world of daiga instead of living a world that includes the letter bays, that includes the bitachon. You want a Kaddish Baruch Hu to make sure that you feel his presence in your life. It's going to be difficult if you don't put the effort forth to make sure his presence is in your life. And with that, says Rav Pincus, is perhaps one of the elements that is preventing so many of us from being able to go ahead and feel that bitachon, for us to be able to let go, let God. I'd like to illustrate this in another capacity, in another way, with two divrei Torah that are pretty famous, that I believe are two sides of the same coin. We all know that uh, David HaMelech says, Achas sha'alti Hashem Hashem kol He has one request, David HaMelech. And that is in to live in the house of Hashem. Many of the Mepharshim ask the obvious question. First of all, there was not yet the base Hamikdash to that which he was referring to. And even though it could be, refer, even though it's referring to the Mishkan, at the end of the day, David Amelech could not possibly literally live in the house of Hashem. He was leading battles to war. He was the king. There's no way he could literally be sitting in the house of Hashem with all of the responsibilities mounted on his shoulders. What could David HaMelech possibly mean when he says the words, Shifti b'veis Hashem kol all I want Hashem is to be living in your house. And the Mepharshim, the Bali Musr, all explain is that David HaMelech understood that of course he's not referring to the edifice of the Mishkan or of the Beis HaMikdash. What's he refer- what he's referring to is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to make sure that no matter what situation I'm in, what, no matter what circumstance I'm in, no matter what context I find myself in, I feel as though I am living in your house. I feel as though what I'm doing, the conduct I'm, I am conducting myself with, the behaviors I demonstrate are all consistent with my ability to be worthy, to be able to reside in your house. I want to make sure that every mitzvah, that every type of behavior that I demonstrate, that I express, how I use my tongue and how I communicate with others is all consistent with a way in which I would be worthy to be able to live in your house. On the flip side, we know that there's a pasuk in Parshish Truma. V'asuli mikdash v'shachanti b'socham. HaKadosh Baruch Hu instructs the Jewish people prior to the construction of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, to build a house for me to reside in. The Rochaim Velazhener, among many, asks the obvious question. It should say v'shachanti b'socham. Hashem should say, build me a mikdash and I will reside, I will live, I will dwell in it. What do you mean v'shachanti b'socham? And Rav Chaim Velazhner in his Sefer Nefesh Chaim famously highlights an incredible insight in which he tells us. V'shachanti b'socham means Hashem wasn't just saying build a physical edifice, a physical building, a tabernacle in which I will dwell to allow you to bring sacrifices and korbanos, but rather v'shachanti b'socham. It's an imperative instructing each and every Jew to be a mitdash me'at, 
to ensure that each one of us is our own little tabernacle, our own little Beis HaMikdash, to ensure that if we behave in the right way, He will dwell in them, meaning all of Klal Yisrael, that it's our responsibility to ensure that we behave and conduct ourselves in a way consistent with Halacha, consistent with our philosophies, our values, our belief systems, and if we do that, then our Kaddish Baruch Hu will reside there. And so I'd like to suggest what Rav Pinkas is saying, in which he says that we need to work on our connection, our relationship with Hashem. It's these two sides. We want the v'shifti b'veis Hashem kol yimei chayai. We want Hakadosh. We want to be able to live in Hashem's house. We want to be able to have that relationship with Hashem. But Hashem says, Asuli mitesh v'shachati b'socham. I'm only going to live amongst you. I'm only going to reside amongst you if you ensure that you're going to behave in a certain way. If you're going to ensure to observe the mitzvahs in the way in which the Torah instructs. If you live a life of Torah, you don't just learn Torah, but you live Torah. If you do that, then v'shachati b'socham, then I'm going to reside amongst you. Connection, relationship, whether it's between two human beings or it's between a human being and the Ribbono Shalom, is contingent on, is predicated and dependent on a two-way street. We want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make His presence tangible. We want to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives. That's going to depend on how we treat Him, so to speak, on how we treat that relationship. We make it a priority. We do the mitzvahs in the right way. We ensure that we want to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to the relationship we have with Him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make Himself available. He's going to reveal Himself. He's going to make that relationship more tangible. We are going to be able to intensify our relationship with Him and be able to demonstrate that which we aspire to be in the capacity of bitachon. We don't do that. We don't care about it. it it's on the low level. We're not in, in, in focused on ensuring that it's a priority. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if you're not going to make it a priority, I'm not going to make it a priority. And as a result, we're not going to feel bitachon. We'll continue, as I mentioned before, feel the daiga. We'll feel the worry. We won't be able to let go, let God. And all we'll worry about is how we're going to be able to be in control. The only way to ensure that our relationship with Hashem is going to become more tangible and is going to be more focused on aspiring and achieving the level of bitachon is if we put in in order to be able in order to be able to get out. And I think that's perhaps, and suggest from Pincus, it's perhaps why the earlier generations felt HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much more despite not knowing as much Torah. Because to them, mitzvos and their relationship with Hashem was so real that they put so much energy and enthusiasm and passion into it despite all the challenges that they faced then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says you put everything into it of course I'm going to reveal myself I'm, of course I'm going to make sure that you feel that pitachon that you feel that tangible reality we are so distracted we have so many other things going on in our lives. We don't even have the time of day to focus on that relationship. We just got to make sure we do the daf and go to Minyan three times a day and do our chesed. But we don't even think, how are these things going to ensure, how are they going to serve as a conduit to intensify that relationship? We need to take a step back and we need to prioritize and we need to identify new ways within our lives to infuse our actions and the performance of mitzvos with energy and enthusiasm to make them more real. And in merit of that, by doing so, that real relationship will follow. We will feel that tangible reality of Hashem's presence in our life. I'll close with an incredible story that I heard in the name of Rav Melech Biderman Shlita. In one of his recordings of a few weeks ago, in which he shared that he went to visit a Rosh Hashiva of Pinchas Rosenberg of Karlin. And Rav Pinchas Rosenberg was very, very sick. He actually visited him about two days before he had passed away. And he went in to visit him, and he saw that Rav Rosenberg Zatzal uh, had a tremendous smile on his face. Couldn't believe it. He was so sick he could barely talk. 
and he had a tremendous upbeat uh, attitude and he was blown away. How could a person who is suffering so significantly, so severely be able to have such an upbeat personality? Wasn't he downtrodden? Didn't he realize the end was near? How is he able to keep everything so positive? And he asked him, how are you able to keep everything so positive? To which Rav Rosenberg responded with the following story. He said a few years ago in his apartment building, there was a family that lived on the fourth floor. And there was a knock on the door. And uh, the children, the young children opened the door. And uh, he walked in. And as a result, they see that this, uh, this guest, so to speak, was a lion. And the children start Panicking. There's a lion in the house. Obviously, younger children. There was a lion in the house. There's a lion in the house. And all the other children are hiding, except for one children who seems to be just very calm, staring at the lion. And the lion's getting closer to them. And the other children are panicking and they're screaming, And this one child, very calm, sitting on a chair, observing what's going on. Until finally, finally, the who they thought was a lion took off the costume, and lo and behold, who was it? It was their father. And the children turned to their sibling and said, how'd you know? Why weren't you nervous? Here you saw the lion. We're little kids. You saw the lion. Why weren't you nervous that this lion was going to devour us? Why weren't you nervous that we were going to get hurt by this lion? And the child said the following. The child said, guys, we live on the fourth floor. We live on the fourth floor. And I know that the only way to access our apartment is with a key. And when the door opened and it was opened by someone who had the key, I realized the only ones that have the key are our parents, our father. And because our father opened the door with that key, I realized it can't be a lion. I knew that had to be our father. And so therefore I wasn't nervous. Says Rav Meilich Biederman, we have to, re- quoting this Rav Pinchas Rosenberg, that he says, you know why I'm not nervous? You know why I'm not concerned? Because I know my father in Shemaim has the key. I know that my tata, my Abba in Shemaim, the Ribbon Shalom, has the key. He's the one who's going to gain access to whatever he wants to gain access to. He's the one who's in control. He's the one who's going to determine my fate. What am I going to be worried about? HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the key. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who ultimately is going to make those decisions. I should be worried. I should have the daiga. I should have the anxiety and the concern. I don't have the key. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the key. And I'd like to suggest that we need to work on realizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the key. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who's ultimately going to open those doors for us, whether at the end of our lives or during our lives, when we're looking for new opportunities, when we're beseeching ourselves before Hashem, begging for mercy for whatever it is, is important to us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the key. But the only way to expect, the only way to hope and aspire to have access to those rooms that Hashem has the key for, the only way to ultimately feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has that key is believing that He has the key, is the recognition that He has the key, is putting into the relationship so that it's so tangible, so real, like that child who saw his father dressed up as a lion. And Amir Tzashem, if we work on the effort, the enthusiasm, the energy that we have to put in to all of the mitzvahs, into that relationship that we need to, to invest in, then our Kaddish Baruch will ultimately reciprocate by allowing us to feel His presence in our lives and by allowing us to recognize in a more real, more tangible way that He has the key. 
And with that key, he will ultimately be able to open all of those doors that we daven for.